It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Feckin' Check-In, Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. Show. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Feckin' Check-In. I am one of your hosts, uh, Trainer. I forget how to do this. <laughs> uh, my name is Trainer and with me as always is my co-host Toomey uh, for this special episode of the Feckin' Check-In. How are you doing this evening, Toomey? I am very good, yeah. We've had three weeks off and in that three weeks I got married and uh, that feeds into our plans to do specials episodes special episodes in fact uh we're starting off today we're not going to talk about my wedding and how that went because we're going to do a special on that which will be launched next week this week we're actually going to do a different special and we might be doing more specials over the next few weeks and we might say specials a few more times Right, you are. Uh, a specials arc, if you will, but we're not going to go down the route of making a very strict uh, set of rules around it. But we are going to do a couple, at least, if not maybe three or four special episodes, and they'll be thematic. So it'll the whole episode will be about a particular topic um, instead of just random uh, FECKs like we previously did. It's interesting. We never really thought about doing that before. We never did an episode about that before. But now that we're doing it, it seems pretty obvious that it would be something that we could have tried. Yeah, it's mad. I, you know, I had said I think after we broke apart for three weeks that uh, ideas and solutions can come to you when you're least expecting them, and uh, and I think that's what's happened. Yeah, and sometimes when you ha- when you take a break from thinking about something, then the creativity can increase. Like if you go if you sleep on something, sometimes the answer comes to you the next day. It's just another way of saying what you just said. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Uh, So this is about the US presidential election. That's what the theme of this special is. Uh, We've never really been a political podcast. We've spoken about a couple of issues that were political in nature, but uh, not a strongly political podcast. But uh, I feel comfortable talking about this because I've been watching CNN all week like a madman. Um, So uh, for once, with with politics, I feel like I kind of know what's going on. Um, So this should be a good chat, I think. Yeah, my my knowledge of politics is pretty limited. Although I follow it, uh, but I'm not really confident speaking about it. But I think because this week has been so momentous and yesterday, uh, 7th of November, Joe Biden being uh, whatever, (laughs) president being crowned. the President-elect. President-elect. Yeah, it it was almost remiss not to talk about this. So we thought, why not just do a special on it? Because we were already committed to doing a special on my wedding. Um, So, yeah, justify our existence. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, okay. So, I, yeah, I've, I've had the week off work this week. And um, on the actual election night, I was up till like 4.30 in the morning just watching um, CNN. And the coverage was just fucking unbelievable. Like, just so... I mentioned this on the last episode of Feckin' Metal, actually, just because I, it was it was fresh in my mind. But um, I just thought it was so slick. The technology, technology they had was outstanding i've never seen anything like it um but we'll get to that yeah um, but now that we we've brought that up the cnn this is the feckin check in the show about funny observations entertainment culture and kernels of truth and sometimes we go through that in acronymical order and other times we go through uh by picking out a particular segment and in this case i think it makes sense to start with the e because you've just touched on it there e for entertainment trainer for the first time in three weeks will you 
lead us out on the entertainment segment of the week. Yes, I will. So, as I mentioned there, it's about my uh, viewing of CNN. I, I watched, I must have watched a combined 24 hours of CNN this week in total. Um, and I just, I, I flicked through the other channels, the Irish and the UK channels and stuff, and I just didn't think the coverage was was nearly as good. Um, and CNN has a particular anchor called John King, who I thought was the best. Uh, and then he has a, a co-anchor, at uh, Wolf Blitzer. And these guys have been around in, in news, like news reporting for, for decades. But, um, John King in particular, he had a board, the magic board they called it, and it had all of the states on it. And as the votes came in, they turned red or blue, depending on when when they were comfortable enough to call a state. So obviously, if you've been watching, you're, you're familiar with this one. Uh, when enough of the vote is in and there's a significant difference in who's winning, they, they would get comfortable and they'd call it a, a red or a blue state, whatever. Um, but uh, it was a touchscreen device he was using, so he could zoom in on a state just by touching it, and then within that state he could zoom in on the counties, and he had statistical information up to the second, changing on the fly all the time, uh, and then he had like statistical information from the previous 2016 election, so he was able to compare Joe Biden with Hillary Clinton and how she was doing back then and how he's doing in the 2020 election, and he was just so quick and sharp, and he didn't miss a beat, and this man was like, I was watching him until 11.30pm their time, uh, which would have been 4.30am our time and then the next morning 11.30am uh, their time uh, he was up and doing it again so like he was doing ridiculously long shifts and then like with sometimes less than 12 hours in between uh, just appearing on TV again for a full another full day of this stuff and I, I just thought he was so sharp and with it and he didn't allow his bias to show uh, some of the other anchors in the, the non-prime time slots I thought on CNN uh, showed their bias towards the Democratic Party, but I didn't think John King showed his bias at all, and I didn't think Wolf Blitzer showed his bias, and that made it more enjoyable to watch because you felt there was an impartiality to it, um, even though they obviously do have their chosen party, I'm sure, and probably voted as well, but I thought they were very professional, slick, quick, and just entertaining as fuck. Yeah, uh, I didn't watch it as much as you did, but I did tune in to CNN to see uh, the this master savant at work, uh, John King, and it was almost as if he was part of the computer technology around him. He was just so, <laughs> as you said, he was, he was like on, on the fly. He was so responsive to it. He was coming up with all these facts and figures that, that were literally, as you said, being updated on the second. And it was, I thought it was interesting because I thought uh, John King... Um, was something you was somebody you uh kind of found but I, I i was looking on twitter later in the week you had kind of flagged him with me uh in the middle of this week when the the election just kind of started the the counting had started and yeah. uh he was trend trending on twitter uh it was like john john king is trending he was like he's really really popular in ireland and cnn's coverage of the election uh is really really popular in ireland and people were um uh, talking about how he was using a touch screen and writing with a pen on it and he was draw- he was drawing his eights in a strange way so he's left-handed so when <laughs> I, when I draw an eight I do like an s and like I start off with an s and join the eight around the other yes I know basically a mirror of an s the other way around but he did two ovals <laughs> so he does he does a circle and then a well oval or a circle a circle and a circle and he joins them together and he was talking about his gammy eights and that was that was a big hit in ireland uh, on twitter apparently because apparently uh gammer gammy is an irish phrase Uh, yeah i I think he's of irish descent i think he's from boston um 
somebody alerted me to that on Twitter. Uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't notice the Gammy Eights now myself. But yeah, I just yeah, I just thought that he was so fucking sharp. And when you turned over to like RTE or BBC or some of the other channels, like they were just doing a lot of interviews with people, and that wasn't interesting to me. I don't, I don't want to hear some random person's yeah. thoughts on what's going on. I want the live data now, up to the minute. Like it was just so, and it was it was constantly changing. It was like, it was like to me that was as entertaining as watching a box set of like The Sopranos or something. Like because it was just like the story was writing itself. And then when, like so. The first night, it seemed like it was going in Biden's favour, but that's because of those states had counted their mail-in votes first, and it was, a, it was heavily weighted. The mail-in votes were heavily weighted towards the Democrats. Um, but then the next morning, it seemed like it was turning towards Trump because the day of voters started getting counted then, and there was all of those fucking... Uh, or, or sorry, most people who voted for Trump seemed to be walk-in day of voting. Um, and then it started swinging back in Biden's favour, and it was just this, like brilliant storyline unfolding yeah. uh, with real life events obviously with huge implications but the story of it was just unbelievable it was like a they were so close with one another as well yeah. uh, at, at some point there was only a few thousand in between and it was just getting tipped in one of their favour and back to Biden and back to Trump but it was just like this this shit is fucking better than any fiction or any drama. And, and then when Trump uh, announcing that he'd won and stuff like this and mm. like you think that will he get away with it and uh, like the whole thing was it's kind of addictive tv isn't it it's it's like it's more news each like it's like a dopamine hit every 10 seconds something is changing that's it hugely addictive yeah and then they did these little updates when they got more votes in and they did the analysis of that and then like an hour later they're doing the same thing again and it was just constant and just i just thought it was excellent coverage yeah and one final thing maybe about that is in contrast to let's say as you were saying again uh, like I was watching uh, Sky News and RTE and BBC a little bit and they were just interviewing people in Ireland or people in the UK um, and I just feel there was something about John King and the CNN being on the ground they're right beside the data they're getting it first and it was them who actually announced I think that that Joe Biden was going to be the president-elect the, based on their projections uh, so. Well, one, one, one other final thing I'd like to say is some news outlets were calling states a lot earlier. Like, so I think Georgia was called a lot earlier by some people. Uh, and I think Pennsylvania might have been called a lot earlier, but they were quite careful about when they decided to call the states as well. They weren't getting carried away with themselves and being like, oh, Biden has another 11 now. Because like they had Biden down at 253 for a long time, whereas all lots of other news outlets had him at 264. He got 11, 11 in one of the swing states, I think. And uh they were they were very kind of careful not to jump the gun because it was so fucking close that they I, I just re, I, I really respected that approach because it was like we don't have all the data yet we're not confident yet so they waited until they were fucking completely confident before they actually announced stuff as well yeah that's a nice touch and I think that's some sort of tradition in the U.S. Uh, election system where there, a lot of trust is put in the media outlets and they they really uh, they really earn that trust and, and justify it so yeah it was, it was really interesting overall really good coverage. Okay, so this is the F. So you've suggested the best memes uh, from the US election. So there's plenty of memes going on uh, around online, obviously, uh, as there is with any world news or, or local news or whatever. Um, so do you have any suggestions or, or ones that uh, you notice? It's just funny when, like, 
the whole world is watching something together and that seems to bring out the best in humanity <laughs> and a part of that is memes um going around um i don't know if this first one is a meme but it was ross our friend sent it on the whatsapp and it was michael rapaport just like it was just when it had been revealed that trump was going to lose like it wasn't officially declared but he just went on this epic rant for yeah. about five minutes of swearing at him you fuck get the fuck out of here and yeah. it was just like that's exactly how i he called him he, he called him a blowjob yeah, yeah. <laughs> as an insult yeah and it's like that's that's, that's exactly hilarious. the type of, of what you want to say to donald trump sometimes and like he just captured it brilliantly uh on on twitter uh with that rant that he, yeah i thought it was great so that that was the first one and then in terms of memes the one other one that stood out for me was because uh, uh, bernie sanders was uh like having to say about donald trump and just stuff like uh bernie sanders has the money in the bank uh briefcase and he's gonna cash it in <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit like yeah. that it was like all these wrestlers ganging up against the heel trump yeah, it was very funny. There was another deadly one there. They used footage from uh, WWF Raw from from ninety eight when uh, Mankind won the championship, and at the time it was like him in the ring and DX were all like interfering in the match and all this type of shit. And uh, Stone Cold comes down to make the save at the end with the steel chair, hits the rock. But they had all the different wrestlers with the different states' names on them. So one of them was like Mis- Michigan, Arizona, blah 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 blah. And then Austin comes down as Pennsylvania, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> he's got the steel chair. And just <laughs> Pennsylvania winning the election, basically. That's fucking brilliant stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some great stuff going around. I saw another one with the, the, the Avengers. It was like, it was one of the end scene. It's just like all the Avengers and they're all the Democrats, like Bernie Sanders and Barack Obama and, Barack and Michelle Obama. They all like just the head superimposed on all of these characters. That, those, yeah. those are my favorite types of memes. Like, so they were all ganging up to, to get Trump. Yeah, they had so they had Mick Foley as as Biden and The Rock as Trump as well. They had the head superimposed on those as well, um, and they had like Putin standing outside the ring and stuff. But uh, what else? I saw another one uh, that was good. Oh yeah, it was like Donald Trump. Uh, I don't like. I, I'm sh- I'm sure this either it might have been specially filmed or else it was doctored. But it was a load of kids in a like a playgroup in America, and one of them had a ball and. Uh, he, it was Donald Trump who had the ball and somebody comes in and goes it's time to give somebody else a, t- a go of the ball and he's like no 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 <laughs> and he starts tr- throwing a tantrum on the floor and just crying and wailing and everyone's like give somebody else the ball it's not your turn anymore which <laughs> uh, is really good, good ones. and then uh, I just love how it's like Twitter and the internet is just like ganging up on Trump and and yeah. then towards the end of, of the election it it look it's looking like Trump will be banned from his Twitter account which just will be perfect end to all this because they can't ban him because he's the president I think yeah so he has impunity or something like that is that it yeah something like that yeah you can't censor the president of the United States I think Right, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, but like I was saying, we were talking about this in the lads' WhatsApp group as well. I was saying, his tweets generate more uh, traffic probably than any other person on the face of the earth. Like, I'd be surprised if they got rid of him. Yeah, I don't know. I think Twitter, um, they they seem to have a political standpoint that they they openly don't like Trump. So I I don't think they would keep him just just because he's such a horrible figure really i think they'd they'd hopefully have their lines 
what's he going to do without Twitter? Yeah. Like, that's been his whole his whole presidency has been Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so silly when you say it out loud, but like it has been like all his major communications, all of his thoughts, all of his bullshit rhetoric, uh, propaganda. It's all been on Twitter. Yeah, and it's it's really worked. It's just it's so simplistic and ridiculous, but it's actually worked. He's he could do whatever he wanted because he was on Twitter and he could spread like he was always spreading the fake news and all the bullshit that he said would would just get retweeted and liked by by lots of people who are morons basically or racist yeah and have you noticed like I've noticed some celebrities that I would have thought better of uh, and they're like affiliating themselves with Trump Jericho Chris Jericho for example made two two hefty donations to the Trump campaign uh, but he's a, he's obviously Canadian I don't know if he has American citizenship or not Uh but then he was like going on Twitter as well. He was like, I'm not a political person, but does, does it seem strange to anybody else that it's taking two or three days to count all these votes? I don't remember this ever happening in history. And then people were pointing out it happened in 2000, it happened in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just like, ah, Jericho, Jesus, I thought you were intelligent oh, and a decent human being. Like, Yeah, I know, it's disappointing. Yeah, and I saw, like, I'm a fan of Bitcoin, as you know, and when I see Bitcoiners... Uh, declaring their support of Trump you're just so disappointed like you can't rely on any anyone really <laughs> yeah well polit- politics really shows you um another part of someone's personality that you mightn't have realized before um and it's only when there's an election or something like that on that you really find out these things yeah because you put them up on a pedestal because you you kind of idolize them without want for want of a better word you, you kind of think of them as really favorably in your head as this amazing person for whatever gift or talent that they have. And then it turns yeah. out this part of them is just makes them look like a cunt. See, it's, it's the first time I've used words, that word on the, uh, the podcast, I think. <laughs> Making history here. Yeah. yeah, I'd say it is actually. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, fun, funnily enough, uh, one of my feckin' metal episodes, some, there's a guy on Twitter called Uncle Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone uh, is his podcast, and he, he retweeted one of my tweets. He's like, this is a great episode, although if you have any kids around, maybe get move them out of the room because there's plenty of swearing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I do mark it as explicit, so, you know. Yeah. No, it's funny <laughs> when you, it you just do. flows out of you, all those swear words, and they're out on the internet then. Yeah, and I, I've had a couple of guests like they accidentally swear at her, like, oh, am I allowed to swear? I'm like, yeah, swear as much as you want. I don't care. I obviously do it myself in the intros without even realizing it um, because that's the part he would have been talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we are at the halfway point now where we're going to move on. I reckon let's move on to culture because we pretty much started talking about that anyway. So just generally American political culture, general discussion, Trumpism, is Biden too old? That type of stuff. Um, Just kind of general random shite, basically. Yeah. The age thing is is quite interesting. Um, He's 77. He'll be 81 when he finishes his term. And Trump is 74, I think. So he would have been 78 when he finished his term. That is a very old man running the country. He is a very, very old man. I wonder would he be older older than Michael D. Higgins? I think Higgins is around that late 70s as well. Uh, 
I'll uh, do uh, as in classic feck and check and style. I'm going to Google this. Will you, will you say something while I, I Google it? I will. Well, I suppose the difference between Michael D. Higgins anyway and uh, Joe Biden is Michael D. Higgins doesn't have any power at all. He's more of a, a mascot for <laughs> Ireland <laughs> rather than le- anything leprechaun else. slash <laughs> cute old man. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he is adorable uh, though. <laughs> and he's, he's, I, I voted for him. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> um, Michael D. Higgins age. Michael um, Higgins. Sorry, I thought you'd be done by now. Uh, more stuff. Yeah, seventy nine. Would you believe seventy nine? Yeah, I knew he was around that. Yeah. So, uh, um, but it's mad. Like Obama was obviously a lot younger, and I think he was notable for being a lot younger than most other presidents. I think he was in his forties maybe when he started. Um, but a lot of them, like Ronald Reagan, was fucking old. George H. W. Bush was old. George W. Bush wasn't as old. Um, Clinton was actually quite young, uh, comparatively speaking. But it seems. Uh, it's it's mad to think that it's two septuagenarians. <laughs> good good word, good word. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, what's going on? I've just uh, okay. Sorry, I, I was on uh, Google there trying to Google the the ages of past U.S. presidents, and uh, it's given me the ages of them now. Uh, oh, all right. As if they were alive. So I thought Jimmy Carter was dead. Uh, but apparently, if he, if he was alive, he would be ninety six. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't know anything about him other than jokes. Okay, here I've got the list of of the age ages. All right, of the uh, American presidents. Um, sorry to to kill the flow. Uh, okay, so Donald Trump seventy when he started. Uh, Barack Obama forty seven. Uh, George W. Bush fifty four. Bill Clinton forty six. George H. W. Bush. 64, Ronald Reagan, 69, and I'll just do three more, Jimmy Carter, 52, Gerald Ford, 61, and Richard Nixon, 56. Okay, so there might might be a mean age of around 60 there, I'd say, if you did an average of all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it seemed to be going in an older direction back in the 80s, uh, and then it kind of went a bit younger. Now it's gone back quite old again. Yes. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Trump runs again then in 2024, uh, because he himself will be, what, 78 then? Yeah, it'll be the same age as, as Biden is now, so he won't be too old. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, well, well, by modern standards, he definitely won't. I wonder what his hair will be like by then. Will he, <laughs> will he ditch the orange thing? Will he? Will he just go, like dye it grey? Yeah, God only knows. You, like you wouldn't even know what that is. Is it a weave? Is it a wig? Is it fucking? What is it? It's uh, I don't know. It's it's I don't know. I don't have something witty to, <laughs> to describe it. Unfortunately. Um, okay. Um, so another Joe thing Biden. We're just what do you think of Joe Biden? American political oh, culture shit. in general. American. Right? American. I know. I said something exactly at the same time. You said something, and I don't. Oh. I don't think you heard me. <laughs> Oh, go ahead. What were you saying? Well, okay. I was just saying, uh, what do you think of Joe Biden? <laughs> Wasn't anything uh, important. So, like, I mean, I'm not too familiar with his his politics and his history. I know he was the vice president, obviously, and I know he's a Democrat. And he has decent views on a lot of things like uh, gay marriage and all that type of stuff. But I don't really know too much about him. Uh, he doesn't seem to be a very charismatic speaker, I will say. Um, he seems a bit lost up there at some points i obviously he's reading from an auto cue but like i don't know he, he doesn't have a, the charisma he doesn't have the charisma of donald trump he won't get the honest. ratings he won't get the same ratings <laughs> as donald trump really yeah he's entertaining he, 
that's it. He, he, like, he doesn't have the charisma of a Donald Trump or a, or a Barack Obama or even a Bill Clinton, actually, I don't think. Um, but he seems like a decent, from what I've read about him, he seems like a decent, solid human being and much better than Donald Trump in his views and values. And his general outlook and approach to politics seems a lot fairer and uh, more... more uh, more fucking democratic <laughs> to use a yeah. ridiculous word like but uh, it's supposed to be a democracy and like trump was as close as you're going to get to a fucking dictator uh, in a democracy probably yeah um and what we need western civilization yeah and, and what we need to maybe reset is somebody who isn't charismatic who is just a politician doing their job and like it isn't supposed to be about entertainment really but but that's true trump has changed the game so much um that that biden seems like a like it's like um having a, a champion of the WWE who isn't that charismatic but like Chris Benoit like Chris Benoit yeah <laughs> <laughs> although that didn't end too not too well you're not you're not allowed to mention him anymore but just did uh yeah like Chris Benoit yeah he I am for real <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't get the reference but it's good to be That's talking about Chris saying. Benoit in 2020 isn't it <laughs> Yeah, well, you don't really hear too much about him these days after he killed his family. Mm, yes. Um, moving on, uh, I just wanted to, to mention uh, about Rupert Murdoch. Uh, his media uh, coverage, covers uh, like uh, Fox News. Uh, he's he's kind of in charge of that. The Sun yeah. in the UK, uh, the Wall Street Journal, and lots of other publications around the world. I think in, in Australia, they're one of their main uh, papers as well. And he was like really pro-propaganda Trump in all his publications and then he decided when trump was acting the bollocks during the election to just basically turn against trump and and say that joe biden had won because there was a worry that that fox news and all them would go along with trump and say that uh he that trump had actually deserved to win and that it was illegal and all that bullshit yeah so that was i thought that was interesting how uh he could flip uh, Murdoch could flip the switch, and this was sorry. This was covered in an art, article in the Guardian newspaper, but it was it was just interesting, like that Murdoch has so much power, really, because he can close controls the media. Um, of course, yeah, yeah. So I thought that yeah. was interesting, and then he decided that Trump was gone. So Trump is fucked, basically. Well, it seems like even his wife now. I was just reading an article before we started recording. Is uh, there was a report saying that people within the Trump camp are saying that his wife now is trying to convince him that he's lost as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, and his son-in-law your fucking as well. wife. Uh, yeah, and it seems like a lot of people like they had a very uh, reasonable Republican on CNN there. Um, it was either, I think it might have been yesterday, and he was just so reasonable and straightforward. And he was like, "Donald Trump is does not have a case. It, it is not an illegal election. He has no proof whatsoever that there are uh, stolen votes or duplicate voting. Um, all of the claims here." He's making her outlandish, and he needs to concede that he has lost. And I say that as a Republican. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, it's so refreshing when somebody on that side actually speaks the truth for once. And on that point of relief, uh, the the relief that that you could see in the American people as they erupted in kind of spontaneous celebrations in the streets, I thought that was amazing to watch. I was watching that a good bit, actually. Yeah, it it reminded me a lot of the Obama celebration, actually, uh, about 12 years ago um yeah yeah and there was there was a guy on um 
CNN, uh, one of the anchors, who's a black anchor, which is relevant because he feels like, you know, black people, and he mentioned Muslims as well, uh, don't have a, uh, don't have it easy in America in 2020 and didn't under Trump's uh, reign. And he mentioned the George Floyd thing and stuff, but he, he broke down in tears. Um, and it was hard not to nearly start crying yourself watching Yeah, him. I watched that as well. It was really moving. And it's, I don't know, CNN just knocked this whole thing out of the park with everything they did. Yeah, and I'm sure somebody's probably going to correct me and say, oh, well, they're really, really biased and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe they are. I don't know. Uh, but just from flipping channels, I, I thought that was the best place to watch it. Yeah. And then um, one thing I noticed was the night, I don't know if you saw this, but Biden did his victory speech and they did these fireworks after it. And they did fireworks, but they also had these, uh, I think they were drone light displays so that you could write something up in the sky as the fireworks surrounded what you'd written. So it was written up in the front like Biden or you at new new or something like president elect or something. But it was all in these really fancy lights that were just like floating in the sky. And as the fireworks were, were going off around them, I thought it looked amazing. Um, oh, I didn't see that. Have a look at that. Uh, and you too, listener. I will. Um, <laughs> but dro- I, I predict that drone lights inter integrated with fireworks will become the norm so so images and and things floating around the fireworks like narrating a story i I just i was really impressed by that very good i didn't see it i'll I'll have a look afterwards though it sounds uh, interesting (laughs) i sound very passionate about it all right i need to calm down (laughs) i predict that drone lighting Uh, yes 2021 is the year of drone lights yeah Absolutely. I suppose one other thing that we should just mention is, uh, to me, it's still bananas that there's only two political parties in America. Um, <laughs> and like, I, it was so funny, like that the independent candidates for a presidency didn't even get a look in to the point where they just didn't even mention them at all. They didn't mention them once on CNN. Uh, this year's independent candidates, because obviously they're definitely 100% never going to win. And then you'd wonder to yourself, why do they even run? Because it's just not viable or feasible that they're gonna gonna win or come anywhere close to it. It's a complete waste of time, yeah. Because I think, unlike the Irish system, there isn't proportional representation, which I'm just gonna throw out there as if I know what it is. But I know vaguely what it is. Is in Ireland, like you put down who you vote for, number one, and then you put down number two, number three, number four, and the two, three, four votes count. They're added up and. <laughs> something like well no some, so if, if, if your number one meets if your number one meets his or her quota then your number two is factored in as your number one basically okay uh, so you don't waste a vote on somebody who doesn't need it that's what's proportional so, representation and isn't it something that the people who get the seats and stuff like so i think it is there's a first past the post system in america and the uk as well where the first person past the post so whoever wins an area or the country or whatever they win and then the person who loses gets nothing whereas i think in our system the person who wins gets most things and the person who loses gets some things something like that (laughs) but that means that there's like in our system there's like like there could be three or four different parties sometimes five who like there's there's two or three that are really popular like Fina Gael, Fianna Fáil, and probably Sinn Fein or like Sinn Fein now, yeah. But like there's also Labour and there's also Independence and they kind of ha- can have a meaningful influence. Um, and the Green Party and like yeah. and they get in as well. Like they don't just sit around on the sidelines. Like some of them get voted in. Uh, yeah. So 
it it kind of it, there's a broader spectrum of uh, values and political outlooks in the Doyle. Um, yes, exactly. And you can see by the way we're talking about this now that we're we've reached the limits of our knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, we should. I always find that with podcasting when you when you start slowing down. <laughs> yeah. uh, so well, I I'd be like you though. Um, what you, what you said at the start, you you wouldn't feel confident enough to talk about it because there's so many very well educated people who like to talk about politics a lot. And I'm not even talking about famous people. I'm talking about just general people off the street. It's like one of their pastimes or hobbies or interests. Um, yeah. And I, I yeah I I don't really have too much confidence talking about it because I feel like I don't really know what I'm talking about half the time. Um, yeah. Uh, I I suppose we've all had that experience of being in a social event and one or two people start getting really into politics and saying, well, what will Michael Fanu can do for the Greens now that the, the Fianna Gael said? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to put pressure on the Fianna Fáil. And I just completely zone out. I remember one time being at the, it was like a house party or something, and John, our friend, and you know Jimmy, like he was in college with Goldie and Daly. John and Jimmy were having this fucking political conversation for about an hour, <laughs> and it was so heated. And every time I went back into the kitchen, they were still talking about it. I was like, Jesus Christ, these they know a fucking lot <laughs> about that. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't follow it to that level, and you, I know you'd be the same, but I, I do take an interest in it. Um, As I get older, I take more of an interest in it. And people always yeah. warn you of that when you're younger. Oh, you'll be interested in it when it starts affecting you. And they're right. Does, does our, our cells are right. Correct. Correct. That's culture, yeah, in the bag. Uh, so we're on to the K for the kernel of truth. And this week's kernel of truth is led by myself. I'm going to lead us out on this one. And it's a simple kernel. And I'm not talking about kernel of mustard in the kitchen. I'm talking about this yeah. week's kernel of truth. And that is that history repeats itself. Um, so it's a very simple and old uh, phrase. So I think history has repeated itself twice in this uh, fluty American politics uh Trumpism um, and that is because first of all it was the popular vote that got Hitler into power first of all and it was a popular vote that got other dictators into power got them in a position where they could exert power so that's what happened here and with Trump getting into power in the first place well he actually lost the popular vote oh, oh yeah technically yeah, sorry why am I using the phrase popular vote I should I don't know. just be saying vote <laughs> Yeah. I got on to something. <laughs> anyway, he was voted in. Hitler was voted in. Um, some other dictator <laughs> who I can't think of was voted in. But lots of them are voted in. Uh, and then propaganda. Mussolini, maybe. Mussolini, or probably. I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, I wouldn't be confident saying uh, throwing out any other names. Uh, but also <laughs> propaganda. That's how history repeats itself. So propaganda actually works. So just saying nonsense, saying fake news, saying lies. Uh, spreading lies through the media that works and people will believe it and when people commit to you as a leader they'll they'll it'll be very hard for them to to shift from their position um, and sometimes the more uh, you expose uh, what a, a fraud that Donald Trump or someone like that is the more they get committed to him so and that's what happened would have happened with Hitler and other um, uh, dictators or people who were close to being dictators in the past so I mean, maybe you don't know yourself either, but like, 
I would have thought with Hitler, people may have voted for the Nazi party and voted him in, but after he was in office, they probably weren't happy with what he was doing. Whereas with Trump, it seems like the, the Republicans are happy with him and they want him to stay. Would that be your take on it? Well, my limited knowledge is that Hitler built up his power. Like, so he got a certain amount of votes and with his... Um, just, I'm going back to secondary school history here. <laughs> uh, sorry, listener, I should have researched this more. Um, but um, uh, apparently he, he built up power over a, uh, over a few years. So it wasn't like he was voted in and then he went like full Nazi, like on day two. It was that it was a gradual thing and he got support and he did all the propaganda. And then the German people voted him in and they really believed in him. And that's when he had like the full control and support. And that's when he took more and more power, more and more power. And that's when he went completely insane and did all the terrible things. And uh, But was was the support still there when he had um, uh, concentration camps and stuff? Or did he just deny that that was happening? Or I don't. I, don't, I actually don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, do you know, I'm as fucking ignorant as fuck when it comes to history. And uh, sometimes it becomes very apparent when I get into a conversation uh, like this. Yes. Um, it's better just to admit that, that we don't know or one doesn't know. Uh, so I know it enough to make the initial point I was going to make. But, but once we drill down into that, I don't know what I'm talking about. And that can happen. But the other, the other way history repeated itself was the uh, the relief and the joy and the spontaneous celebration and the hope for the future that is reminiscent of the Barack Obama uh, when, when he was uh, voted in. That same sense of euphoria around the world, a happy moment for the world. So we're back to that cycle now. Yeah, yeah. It does seem like there's a general sense of everything's going to be a little bit better uh, in the future. Well, certainly by people who voted Democratic or who are supporting that party, even if they don't live in America. Yeah, I think the whole world knows that all Biden has to do is not be Donald Trump and just be a boring politician. And just like, uh, to use a golfing metaphor, would you believe? Don't don't, (laughs) don't use a driver, just use like a a middle-range club. Use the eight iron. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> never thought I'd use that but just hit it straight down the fairway don't take any risks just keep it sta- stable and the world will be a much better place in a few years time because Trump isn't there so a couple of reflections on our first ever special Mr. Trainer. yeah I enjoy talking about that um, as I said not hugely confident talking about politics but I have been deeply invested in this in the last week or so and uh, slightly invested in it before that um, so I enjoyed very much that discussion but we'll Again, say up front, knowledge of politics and history is not one of my strong points. But that was a good chat. I really enjoyed it. And I, I'm looking forward to doing more specials as well. Uh, it's focusing on a particular specific topic and talking about that rather than jumping from um, Sally Jesse Raphael to um, uh, The Undertaker. I don't know. <laughs> or J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I exactly the same. I really enjoyed that. It is more daunting taking on a topic like this, especially one that we we both admit that we don't know much about beyond surface level but i think it's because it's such a a dramatic event uh this week for the whole world that it would have been remiss not to to cover it in some way so yeah i think so and like 
I'm sure people are probably listening to this going, these fucking cunts don't know what to <laughs> There's that word again. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, they don't know what they're talking about. And you're probably right. But, you know, it's again, we're not experts in this. We're just friends having a chat. Uh, so that's that's the approach I love, I love that uh, get out of jail card. Of, I, it's I, great. I talk, it's no, great. I'm not an expert. I can say whatever <laughs> I want. I can say whatever nonsense, baloney that I want because I'm not an expert. <laughs> I actually used that on Feckin' Metal this week as well. Um, but it's great. Yeah, get out of jail. Free. Yeah. Absolutely. And, okay, I really enjoyed that. Well done, us. Can I say that? No, probably not. <laughs> How's, uh, how are things going for Feckin' Football? You, you gearing up for another episode? Uh, I'm going to record another episode later on this evening, actually, on this Sunday evening. Um, so we'll have to talk about this at other time off air. Uh, I'm launching Feckin' Football episode two tomorrow, and uh, that'll be the same time as Feckin' Check-In is launched. So that's not ideal. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> right. I was going to say that because you launched the last one on a Monday, but that was like a follow Monday where we didn't have any episodes. I don't I don't think that's a big deal, to be honest. Like, um, mm. I think it's probably a bit of a different audience anyway. Yeah. Um, and if people want to listen to both, they can just listen to both. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And... Like, it's not that everyone rushes out on the Monday to listen to one of those podcasts. They could listen to it on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. That's that's our, exactly. our experience, anyway. Uh, Same with Feckin' Metal. It gets downloads on a kind of a drip-feeding basis all throughout the week. Like uh, So people listen to it stuff whenever they want to. Yeah, and you're really going well with Feckin' Metal, just to drop that in there as well. <laughs> Yeah, it's going well. Um, I'm, I'm again at the point now where I don't have any f- further guests scheduled, but I did speak to um, Robert Garvin from Sirith Ungol. They've been around since 1971. Uh, spoke to him um, on Friday, and that was unbelievable. That's my favourite episode I've done so far. He's such a nice man. Uh, and then he was emailing me afterwards, sending me pictures from where he lives and oh, asking me to send him pictures of Ireland. And uh, <laughs> Oh, like, the Irish just church. <laughs> yeah, but his mother was of Irish, his mother's maiden name was Brophy. He told me, um, All right. and I don't know if that's going to make the episode because I hadn't quite started the episode yet. So there you go. Um, and then he told me a little story off air as well that he didn't want to include in the podcast. But he's just such a lovely, nice man. I, um, I love when you make friends through not work, but through something like a podcast or an over email like that. Someone from a different yeah. country as well. I've had that experience myself. It's great. That's it. And like he sent me an email yesterday, like, and he's like, "Your pal Rob." <laughs> <laughs> Just thought it was such a nice. And touch. You're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's going well. But I, I've no idea what I'm going to do next, uh, or who I'm going to get, or whatever. But uh, that's it's kind of that's my comfort zone now. Is like shit. I've just I've recorded two episodes in quick succession, and now we don't have a guest lined up. So, although I'm getting I'm getting quite a lot more comfortable doing the talking myself um, part at the start for this week's episode, I did like about twenty minutes, um, and it was about thirty minutes when you added in songs. So I'm a lot more comfortable with that. So potentially I could just do an episode where I speak myself. Although I don't know how popular that would be. Uh, well, for me it would be um, uh, perversely more interesting than having a guest because. Unfortunately for me, I don't know much of the guests that you have on. So I really enjoy the bits where it's just you speaking the most. I enjoyed that as the most, even though the the interviews are really in- interesting. Um, so I would give it a go just to see because you, your um, cold openings are getting longer and better and you're more comfortable with them. So it wouldn't it might not be a big uh, departure from from that. Yeah, I think so. And eventually it probably will have to happen whether I want it to or not, because at some point, like a guest isn't going to sync up. It's just not realistic for, you know, for the rest of my life that I'm going to have a guest every single week. Um, So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. And I think 
I was unsure there as I was talking to you, if I was talking to you as a host or a friend, <laughs> because I was talking to you <laughs> as if you were a friend, but I was talking to you from a host's type of voice. You know that voice where you talk like this and so blah, 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 blah. Yes, I do, actually. <laughs> and I do it myself. Uh, yeah, that's a, with a bit of a weird one that sometimes that happens. It happened at the start before we started recording as well. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it's really hard to switch modes sometimes. Anyway, great success, as Borat would say. Trainer, will you uh, lead us out on the song of the week and we'll close on that? Yeah, the song of the week is uh, John Cena's theme music, The Time Is Now. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who's a wrestling fan will be familiar with the lyrics. Your time is up, my time is now. You can't see me, my time is now. <laughs> so here's the Joe Biden, The Time Is Now, John Cena's theme music. Self. So for now, Mark Frederick is living life for wealth.